Thank you all for, for being here today. And I think I can say Happy Christmas. It's a week to go, isn't it? But Happy Christmas. This afternoon, I plan to talk to you about war and about football, because I thought those were just two things you probably had not yet heard enough about in 2022. So um, I thought we would talk about them. Uh, a Church of England bishop this week on the radio said, there is no force known to man which can draw people together like football, which um, is not entirely how it worked in our office with the, the Welsh over the last few weeks, but I don't know about with you. But there is, uh, there is a famous story about war, about football, and about Christmas that is in that kind of territory. You may know it, but um, I'll, I'll tell it to you now. It's from World War I, 1914. So here is the diary of Captain Sir Edward Hulse, uh, 25th of December, 1914, at dawn. A scout named Merker went out and met a German patrol and was given a glass of whiskey and some cigars. Uh, there was a, a German lieutenant who kept a diary as well, Kurt Zamisch. He said, the English brought a soccer ball from the trenches and pretty soon a lively game ensued. He wrote down the score. Would you like to know? So 3-2 was the score. Um, do I need to tell you who won? Uh, but there is no record of penalties, as far as I know. But, um, but isn't it a great story? Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Um, his diary goes on, how marvellously wonderful, yet how strange it was. The English officers felt the same way. Christmas, that celebration of love, managed to bring mortal enemies together as friends for a time. For a time. Um, here's another less romantic memory of the same day. Someone wrote, we shouted Merry Christmas, even though no one felt merry. The silence ended early in the afternoon and the killing started again. It was a short peace in a terrible war. Captain Sir Edward Hulse he was killed three months later, age 25. Uh, mortal enemies become friends. Well, in fact, it was five in every nine who served, who died. Uh, Kurt Zamisch, he survived the war. He lived on long enough to re-enlist for World War II. And he was killed in Russia in November 1946. Um, even on, on that day, peace was not everywhere. One English captain wrote this, the Germans tried a truce. They came over towards us singing. So we opened rapid fire on them, which is the only truce they deserve. Don't you wish for peace? It's more than 100 years since the armistice, but still the darkness of death and of war hangs over all of us. Ukraine probably feels the closest at the moment, but war has been a daily reality somewhere in the world ever since those days. Don't you wish for a Christmas moment, for the start of a truce that might last longer than a football match or longer than a day? 
Well, our second reading, which came from the prophet Isaiah, describes a day like that. It starts just like Christmas Day in the trenches. We start in darkness, but then dawn begins to break. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And it's more than just a a whiskey or a football match. It's a nationwide party he's describing, the joy as of harvest or of victory. Why? Why are they so joyful? Well, we're told it's because you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, and the rod of their oppressor. In other words, they were slaves, and now they are free. And that happened because, the next line, every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood is burnt. That'd be quite a bonfire, wouldn't it? Every piece of military equipment in the world. Told in, in World War I, the British Army issued 47 million pairs of boots alone. But why? Why in our reading, why is every army in the world disarmed and stood down? Well, because the very next verse, this is the secret, this is the climax. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. So the the bright daylight dawn of a a new day of peace is because slavery is broken, because war has been uh, broken, because armies have been disbanded, because a baby has been born. Um, Some children come into the world with big expectations on their shoulders, but our reading says this baby has to rule the world and end war forever. And 700 years before his birth, Isaiah says, look out for him, watch for him. And we've been using his name all night, Jesus Christ, her little child. And Luke, who um, wrote our last two readings that you've got a copy of in your hand, when Luke wrote about Jesus, he wants us to ask, could this be the one? Do you know, they gave a copy of a gospel to every serviceman uh, in World War I. I don't think um, it would stop a bullet. It was to have with you and to read. And we'd love you to do the same thing, to take this with you and to read it. And Luke, he thinks he can show you the baby of Isaiah in the events of Jesus' life. So the wonderful counsellor in his teaching, the mighty God in his miracles, and the Prince of Peace in his non-violent death. Luke says this is the child. But if you were to agree with Luke, I think you would need to change your mind about two things, about war and about Jesus. You see, the person in Isaiah offers to end all war, but only on his own terms. So first change about war. See, Jesus thinks that the wars between humans are only the symptom of a worse world war. He says we fight each other because we all fight God, and that that is the real deep darkness. We all sit in our trenches giving God the rapid fire, and that that has been true for humanity since the very first page of the Bible since our first reading this afternoon. And that truth, that was a truth that I hated 
when I first heard it. I think I first heard that age 10. Um, I'd had a, a slightly weird childhood, a very religious childhood. By the time I was 10, I'd been to church 2,000 times, I once worked out, which is a lot, I think. So when someone told me that, that human beings are at war with God, that I was one of the bad people, not one of the good people, that I needed forgiveness, um, I, was, I was so angry with that idea. And it took me three months of watching my life until I realized it was true. Uh, I was not one of the good people. Uh, I was selfish. I was proud. I was untrustworthy. I was angry. So uh, those three months later, when I was 11, I said to Jesus, a very childish prayer, but I said, Jesus, I've made a mess of my life. Please come and run it better instead. In other words, I asked for peace, and I gave up on the war with God. And Jesus, he is not a a short peace in a terrible war. Jesus, he came to offer a permanent global armistice, not just a football match. Uh, Peace between God and humanity first, and only then between each other. Okay, then second change is about Jesus, about the Prince of Peace. And it's about how he brings peace. See, would Isaiah be disappointed with the world that we live in after Jesus? And if you think that Jesus came to set an example and kind of cajole us to be nicer, then yes. And we all know that war goes on uh, in our families, in our workplaces, and on the news. What a disappointment. But actually in Isaiah, the Prince of Peace, he doesn't come to ask nicely until the oppressor says, oh, good point, I'll, um, I'll lift off the yoke, I'll set you free. The Prince of Peace in Isaiah breaks the yoke and forces the oppressor to set you free. This Prince of Peace, he will be king everywhere and forever. And that, I think, will feel like a terrible imposition to us if we think that all the world's problems can be fixed with a a game of football and some goodwill. But if you think we need an armistice, if you think we need someone from outside of our squabbles come to take over and run it better instead, well then here is God crossing the lines into our trenches, become a human being, to bring us peace with him. And that is the peace that Jesus offers to anybody here. If you pick these books up just for one last time and turn to the the very last page of all in them. It's page 80. Page 80 and the, the very top line on the very last page is Jesus speaking and he says, the Messiah, that's himself, The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. So if you're here this afternoon and you're from any of the nations on this planet, then that is an offer from Jesus to you, an offer of forgiveness of sins, peace with God. So this Christmas season, it looks back to his first coming, at Christmas, so that we know who he is. And it looks on to his second coming as king, when all these things will come true, when the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish all of this.
Amen.